So uh, the series in which we're in right now is the Caught in the Middle series. Because we are caught in the middle. We are in the middle between the first advent, the first coming of Jesus, and the second coming of Jesus. And because we are in the middle, we have purpose. All of our kids, all of our young adults in here have purpose as well. So if you're thinking, you're sitting there, you're like, I don't know what I'm even doing here. You're here because God has purpose and He has an intended life for you. And we have to grab hold of that. We have a world out there that is filling our kids' minds with a bunch of garbage. And what we have to do is we got to tell them the truth. We have to take that stand. we got to be bold. Is it uncomfortable sometimes? Yes, absolutely it is. Sometimes when we have to say, no, son, you can't do that, or no, son, you can't do that, or darling, I love you more than you know, I'm not going to let you date yet, or whatever it may be. <laughs> a little bit on I got two of them. One's okay, the other one's not. I mean, but anywho, um, I'm still working through that one. Uh, but uh, we have to be able to love them enough to tell them the truth. And that's what I wanted us to uh, really focus on today, is what is the truth. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open to, to Romans chapter 15. And in Romans chapter 15, we are going to, uh, we're going to be talking about the fourth candle of, of Advent. So as you see our candles up here, we have, ooh, fire. Yeah, yeah. the prophecy candle. We have the Bethlehem candle. What was last week? Shepherd's candle. And this week is the angel's candle. Remember, peanut butter sandwich. Hey! And you see the candle in the middle? That's the Christ candle. That's the candle that we will be lighting on uh, Christmas Eve. So in um, Romans chapter uh, 15, we're going to talk about the, this, uh, this candle and the meaning of this. Uh, but the candle itself is symbolic. All, all these candles are just symbolic. There's nothing special about these candles other than they represent something. The angel candle, it reminds us of the hope fulfilled in the first coming of our Savior and of the continuing hope as we anticipate His coming again. So it's the hope fulfilled in His first coming and the anticipation of His second coming. And, and this is important because I think that we live in a world where people feel a lot, a lot of times that they're hopeless. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a, in, in a minute. But I, I believe that how we understand hope determines how we live our lives. How we understand hope is how we are going to live our, our, our lives. Uh, Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, uh, Paul's writing here and he says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction... So he, he, he groups himself in, in, this, in this text here as he's writing to the, uh, the, this church in Rome. For whatever was written in the former, former days was written for our instruction. This is another indication that the Old Testament is important. Because this is what he's referring to here. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So this is important. Like as we, we come together, as we open our Bibles, this is the, we open our Bibles, this is the Scriptures, this is what God has given to us. We open our Bibles so we can have encouragement and so we can have hope. Hope does not come, and we'll talk in a minute, but hope doesn't, does not come from anything other than God Himself. 
God is a God of hope. He is a source of hope. So, the big idea for the, the, the next few minutes in which we're, we're together, which I'm ahead of schedule, Braden, so you can chill out a little bit. It'll be all right. We'll be out of here by 2 o'clock, okay? <laughs> Lydia just rolled her eyes like, what? No. Um, that's me trying to be cool again, and I'll, I'll quit. Uh, but the big idea is that hope makes all the difference. Hope makes all the difference. And if I say a statement like that, that hope makes all the difference, I, I think that we need to be able to um, understand what hope is. And I believe as we read through Romans 15, we're going to look at primarily um, verses 8 through uh, 13. And as we read through, through all of this, I, I, want us to just, I want us to listen to what, what Paul is saying, and I want us to grab hold of what hope truly, truly is. So first question is this, what is hope? What is hope? Now, when I ask that question, the world defines it in many ways. The world defines it as a feeling of wanting something to happen. Like, the Browns want to win the Super Bowl. Ain't going to happen. That's lost hope, my friend. My friends. Whoever. Yeah. Give it up. Right? Javier, thumbs up? No. Come on now. But what we have to understand is the world defines hope as a feeling of wanting something to happen or thinking that it could happen. Or how about this? Because I, I, a lot of people are like, I really, really, really want this down deep. A desire for something that will turn out for the best. Again, back to the brows. I hope they win, right? I hope this happens. I hope that I can, whatever, and you can fill in the blank. Well, that's... That, that is a definition. If you were, all of those, the, the, those words in which I just spoke there are from the, the Webster's Dictionary. But what we have to understand is the hope that is communicated to us in Scripture is not that, that, that definition. It's not the, the same there. What is hope when we talk about, like this verse here, that we can have, uh, uh, the, 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 this instruction was through the, for the endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture that we might have hope? This hope which is being communicated here is a confidence. So understand it's God's design. God's design for hope is it's a confidence in what God says and has promised. It's a confidence that He said it, so it's going to happen. Why are we talking about hope right now? Because Jesus said He's going to come back. Like the, the cradle to the cross is not it's over. He says He's going to come back again. And when he comes back again, we got to be ready. What we have to understand also is, as we're looking at this, that the strength of hope is in God's faithfulness. The strength of hope is in God's faithfulness. I love this, this point and this fact because I understand that it's not dependent upon me. Because if hope was dependent upon me, I would be hopeless. Because I know that you guys think that I'm like the, the perfect pastor and I'm just an angel in disguise and everything. But I have struggles too. <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. No, but what we have to understand is if, it was depend, if hope was dependent upon me, if it was dependent upon my strength and my faithfulness, we'd all be in trouble. I'd be in trouble. 
So what we have to understand, it's the, the, the source of hope, and we're going to see this here in Romans 15, that the source of hope is God Himself. He's the giver and the sustainer of hope. Look, look at um, Romans 15, chapter, or chapter 15, verse 8 with me real quick. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might, all, or might glorify God in, for His mercy. As it is written, <clears throat> excuse me, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again, it's, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. Verse 13, May the God of hope, that's our source, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. As we read through that, I think that it's important to kind of point out that some people will say, well, he's not talking to us. He's talking about these people that are called Gentiles. I'm not a, I don't understand what Gentiles mean, so therefore I don't think that applies to me. Yes, it does, Absolutely. Because you and I are Gentiles. We, what we have to understand is the, these references to the Old Testament Scripture, if you read them in the Hebrew, it actually says all nations. Paul's bringing this up to a more personal approach here and a personal attack of, of saying these are Gentiles. These are all people that are not ethnically Jewish. So, so what does that mean? Well, that means that, as it says here, that the Gentiles were part of God's plan. We were part of God's plan all the way back in the Old Testament. Some people will say, well, it's all about God's people. It's all about Israel. And It is about God's people. It is about Israel. But it's also about those who are grafted into the vine of Israel. That the Gentiles, that God shows His mercy. Look at that in verse 9 there. In order that God, or in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, if we look at this text, and we see that it starts out for I tell you that Christ became a servant. That that is one of those that's one of those lines in the Bible that you don't need to just read over quickly, that you don't need to just gloss over. You need to look at it. Christ became a servant. I know I've said this before, but I love that song. Um, how many kings, right? How many kings stepped down from the throne? Understand that when Christ became a servant, he came, became a servant for two reasons. What do you mean? There's probably more than two reasons. Whatever. I'm talking about two reasons that are identified right here. The first reason it says here, it says. Um, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Talking about the children of Israel, the people of Israel. What is the promise that God gave to the people of Israel? Way back in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abram, which he then afterwards, later he, called, he changed his name to Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you lots of kids and lots of people who are going to come out of you. Actually, this nation is going to come out of you. And this nation that comes out of you is going to be blessed. 
And those who, 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 uh, who oppose this nation, there's going to be a curse on this nation. Why? Because these are my chosen people. So Jesus Christ became a servant to the circumcised. That's to the Jewish people, it says. That's all, that's all that means. Don't get squirmy about that. Um, make sure, uh, young men, young men in here, later when you get in the car, ask your dad or your mom what circumcision means. Okay? <laughs> um, it's going to be a fun ride home. Right? Gabe's riding home with Pappy. Um, <laughs> But it says here, Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show the God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given. That God, is, He came because He said He was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of God's people. But it doesn't just stop there. And this is which is good for us. It doesn't just stop with the children of Israel. It goes on to say, and, I love when there's ands in there, and in order that the Gentiles, me, you, might glorify God for His mercy. Think about that for a second. If the objective of Christ coming in the first advent, Him him living this life as an example for us, dying on the cross, then as He died, he, he, He rose again, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, He ascended to heaven, He says, I'm going to come again. Because that is true, because Christ became a servant, it says that you and I have the opportunity to glorify Him for His great mercy. So, so think about that for a second. Let that sink. That's, a, that's one of those heavyweights. That's a heavyweight punch to the jaw. Right? Everybody, what did Mike Tyson say? That everybody has a plan until you're punched in the face? Faith. Everybody has a plan until you're punched in the face, right? What? But, but that's the thing. Like You have a plan for your life, but what happens when, when, when you get punched in the face? Faith. I get punched in the face. And when you get punched in the face, what we have to have is we have to have something to turn to, right? We have to understand that, that, that God has made it possible for you and for me to glorify Him for His mercy. Are you glorifying Him? I mean, answer that. I mean, not out loud, but in your head. Are you glorifying God? What do you mean, am I glorifying God? I'm here at church. Yeah, that's great. What about the other six days of the week? Are you glorifying God with your life? What are you doing to bring glory to God? Or maybe it'd probably be a little bit easier of like, what am I doing that does not bring glory to God? What is that problem which I do have? What is that sin that it is in my life that I'm like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but no, 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 there's no buts. Understand, especially us that have kids, like understand our kids are watching us. Understand that we have to be that example. What we have to do is we, we need to look out at this world and we need to say, I don't want to be like that. And mom, dad, we need to take our kids and we need to show them this is what the truth is. This is the importance of why we do what we do. Why we choose this and we don't choose that. Well, everybody else is doing that. I, 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 I get it, son, but someday you're going to understand. But that starts with mom and dad understanding. Understanding that, that, that our lives are, are we're, we're made to glorify God. That's the sole purpose. And, and I don't know if I, I said this. I think I did a few weeks ago. But anyways, I, I think that, that, that we have this misconception that um, God's 
God is, isn't going to be glorified unless you do something. Like you make an action or, or, or something like that. Or you do something good, and then God's glorified. The fact of the matter is, if you decide to never do anything good, God's still going to use your life to glorify Himself. And it might not be the way in which you really enjoy. Because if we're, if we're constantly, uh, um, as, as Paul was told, constantly kicking against the goads, meaning constantly struggling with, with God in, this, in an area and not giving in to His truth, He's going to win. At the end of the day, don't ever think that we can, oh, I can, I can out-wrestle God. No, you can't. So why not, why not submit early? Tap out. I'm good. All right, God, you do with me what you want to do with me. I can't. I ain't got the energy. I can't, I can't struggle with this anymore. I know that there's, a, there's, there's a lot of people that struggle with something. Everybody struggles with something. Some of you are like here, sitting here right now, like, you know what, there's something I'm struggling with right now that I just want to surrender. There's no, I'll tell you now, there's no special words. There's no special words you, you can say. There's nothing, nothing at all. It's just, God, take this. And then believe that He will. Believe that He will. Because too often what we, what we do is we like, all right, God, take this. And then we're like, I can't stop. I can't stop. It's because you don't have the faith that you need. Oh, here we go, preacher. Now you're saying I just have to have enough faith. I'm not one of those preachers. You, already, you guys already know that. I'm not saying, well, if you just have enough faith, you can overcome anything. No, 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 no. You have to have faith that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. Remember that, 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 that hope in which we have is sourced in God, and it's, it's dependent upon His strength and His faithfulness? How about you exercise your faith just a little bit so that God can show His glory? God wants to use you. He wants to use me for His glory. But we wrestle against Him. Let's stop. Let's stop wrestling and understand that God wants to show His glory through us. Let's go on, because if not, we will be here till 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. Understanding here that the, 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 as we read through this, and, and, and Christ became the servant for the, the, the Jews and the Gentiles, what that shows us is that through him fulfilling these two objectives, these two things he set out to do, by fulfilling these two things, he made one people. By fulfilling this, the promises in which God, which were promised way back before all of this took place, back 1,000, 1,500 years before, Christ came on scene. By Him coming and being a servant, He fulfills that. But also the promise of, of Him returning again. It brings us together and we have now one people. Now as, as it says here, that this one people, um, there, there, there's a way in which these people become one people. So the fulfillment has happened. Christ has came. Christ is coming again. Promise is, is, is given out. Promise is fulfilled. Now, where's this one people? There's, what, what are the, what's the requirement for this one people, Lee? What, what do I have to do? Just What do we have to do? It says it here. 13. I'm going to come back to the God of hope. But it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. 
Now, we can easily just kind of read over that and, okay, join peace in believing so that, because we all want to get to the so that. But the so that doesn't happen unless the in believing happens first. Now, that in believing, that is the trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's the requirement. What's the requirement for me to be a child of God in the family of God, in the people of God? Trust in Jesus Christ. What do you mean, trust in Jesus Christ? Believe that He came. Not only that He did come, but he, the life that He lived is a life in which we are supposed to live, but we can't. But He lived a sinless life, all for the purpose that He could die on the cross, a sinner's death. Wait a second, if he lived a sinless life, how does he die a sinner's death? Because on the cross, all of your sins, all of my sins were put upon him. So he can pay the penalty for sins. Because sin is what what, what separates us, humanity, from from God, who is perfect. And there has to be a bridge in which which is, is built so that we can have a relationship with him. Now, that's not just trusting, or, or that's not just believing that God came in, in a meat suit, incarnation. Remember we talked about that? God with meat. Incarnation, Jesus Christ comes. It's not that we just believe that Jesus came and we believe that He died and it, it, He's, you know, maybe He's in heaven. No, it's believing that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus is who He says He is. But it goes beyond believing, it's that trust. It's that trust that you can't do anything. I can't do anything to bridge that gap between sinful me and perfect God. But Christ can. My trust is not in my works. My trust is not in my knowledge. My trust is not in um, my occupation or my life or anything. My trust is in God. I love that, uh, what's that, that David Crowder song, All My Hope is in Jesus Love that, love that song. Because that that, that sums up all my hope has to be in Jesus. My my hope for eternity. When it says that that, that, um, there'll there'll be a day that everyone will stand in front of God and have to give an account for Him, or account to Him, I should say, what we have to understand is like, if our hope is in Jesus, our account is going to be, okay, next in line... Lee Kackner Jr., yes sir, why should I let you in? Because I hoped in Jesus and what He has done. Because everything I've done, I messed up. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't do what I, I should have done all the time, and I did what I shouldn't do. I, I love what Paul says, that, what a wretched man am I, because I can't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. Ugh! How am I going to continue on? You're going to submit to God, and that's what he says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can live a life that we're submitting to God. We're overcoming things in our lives, whatever those things may be. I'm sure everyone in here can, can write a list of, all right, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Don't look at that list and be like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I'm so wretched. Now look at that list and say, okay, God, you said, you said you were going to give me power over this. Now I'm going to be obedient to you. And when I'm obedient to you, you said that this is, I can overcome this. And trust that it happens. It's no longer I who live. Because why? I've been crucified with Christ. So I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But it's Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. So, so this whole hope that we talk about, this whole hope that, that you drive down the road and people have it in Christmas lights out in their yard, is hope a real thing? Yes, you had better believe hope is a real thing. As long as it's God as the source of that hope. Look what it says here. Verse 13, may the God of hope. Now when we talk about the God of hope, He is the one who provides the way to. He's the provider. The God of hope. May the God of hope fill you. This is, this is not just a little bit, like I'm going to take a little bit and, and, and dump it in, in, in Braden's lap here, a little bit. No, this understanding is that may the God of hope fill you. Fill you till you overflow. Fill you till you burst. Well, I, I, I don't know. That kind of sounds kind of creepy. I don't know how to act about that. I don't, I don't want to be like Dan too much. <laughs> no. I, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I'm, I'm uneasy about that. No, no, here's the deal. If we are uneasy about the Holy Spirit spilling out of us, and I'm not saying we get crazy. I'm not saying, because y'all have pulled the reins way far back. So far back that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. He wants to. God has filled you. Like you're that big, you're that water balloon that's being filled and you're just waiting for it to burst. Waiting for it to burst. Waiting for it to burst. The problem is you're just kinking the hose and not letting the, the, the flow come in anymore. Here it says, may the God of hope fill you. Fill you to your overflowing with what? Joy and peace. Now, now, now this joy and this peace, these are other terms that we hear around Christmas time, right? This joy and this peace. If I were to, to, to take a poll in here and I were to say, rate joy, peace, and hope, and, 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 and rate that in order that it falls in your life, y'all would just sit there and go, I don't know. Some of you would be like, oh, I got this joy, I got hope, I got peace. Some of you would be like, how do I put all three of them at the bottom of my list? Because I'm struggling with that. we got a bunch of cranky Christians. I, I, but it says here that the God of hope fills us with what? With joy. But I'm not happy all the time. I know you're not happy all the time. I hear about it. It's okay. Joy is not happiness. Because happiness is dependent upon happenings. And there are going to be things in your life that are just, they just suck. Teenagers, don't repeat that. I yell at my boy. I'm sorry, Gabe. I yell at him all the time for saying that. But they do. It's just, it's just really crappy. Things are going to happen. And I'm not going to be happy about that. That doesn't mean you can't be joyful. You can be joyful knowing that no matter what happens, God's still in control. It says here that the God of hope fill you, may the God of hope fill you with joy in what peace? I don't know about you, but I, I, this, is, this is the one that I want the most. That I pray that, that God continues to fill me with more and more and more peace. Do I feel that I, I'm constantly in battle? No, I don't feel that way. But I, I think that there is a, a, a realization that we live in a life, or I should say we live in a world that, that is just we're bombarded with if we just have the next best thing that will be satisfied. 
Let's use that word instead of peace. There'll be a satisfaction that comes to our inner being. If I just get this new iPhone, all right, that's a good one. If I get this kid's new, new, new uh, uh, PlayStation game, if I can just get this new whatever, whatever it is, you fill in, in the blank adults, maybe it's if I can just get this next drink, if I can get this, just this, this next peek at the, the, the whatever, the, the, there, there is a, a satisfaction that I can have. But what happens when you do get that game or whatever that, that is you're trying to put in there? It doesn't satisfy us. We try to put more and more and more. If I could just fill this up and do what I want to do, and just it, it, I'll get satisfied. No, because you're going to constantly be stuffing things in there. Years and years and years ago, I, I, I called, called that the Jesus hole. And Renee continues to remind me of that. It's this, this hole that's inside of us that only Christ can fill. And what we try to do is we try to put more and more and more stuff in it. Why? Because that's what the world says. Now, is stuff bad? No. I'm not saying that we don't have to like, be poor. If you really love Jesus, you'll throw all your stuff away. No. Take what God has blessed you with and look, glorify Him with that. But don't put your hope in our stuff. Understand that it's the God of hope. God gives us. He is that source for us so that we may be full of joy. We can be joyful. It's okay. I mean, and joyful is like, you're not, you don't have to be bouncing, oh, I'm joyful, I'm going goofy. No. You can be joyful and you can be silent. Okay. Joyful is whatever the world is hitting me with. How about this? It's whatever life is hitting me with, I'm taking in stride. What do you mean? It's understanding that my foundation is firm and I'm going to continue to pursue Christ. He's coming again, so I'm going to continue to pursue Him. And as I pursue Him, as bad things happen to me, as the wind and the waves of the world crash on me, I still have my eyes on Him. Man, this hurts. Man, this really stinks. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm still focusing on Him. My happenings are, are, are nasty. But my joy, aren't, my joy isn't in my happenings. My joy is in focusing on Him. This is, where, this is where your friends and your family say you're nuts. It's okay. Embrace it. Because when your friends and your family say you're nuts, yeah, you're a Jesus freak. <laughs> okay. That's okay because guess what? I'm going to be spending eternity with Him. It's okay to be a Jesus freak. Don't, don't, don't let the, 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 what people think of you determine the way in which you act. Understand our identity is in Him. It's, it, it, our, our identity is it, to be in Christ. Our identity is in the God of hope. It goes on here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And I would really, really, really encourage you. If you're... If you're struggling, it's almost to the end of the year, and your Bible reading plan, you're just like, well, I'm about 400 days behind on my yearly Bible reading plan. <laughs> Bobby got it. Wait a second, about 400 days in it? Yeah. But I'm way behind. I'm just going to get. Here's the deal. How about you just close it, cancel your Bible reading plan if you're that far behind? It's okay. God's not going to love you any less. Why don't you just take a moment for the next, well, what's today, the 22nd? So we have seven days, four, what, uh, nine days left in the, in the year. Well, if you just took the next nine days, just memorize one verse in the Bible. Just one. What about this one? Romans 15, verse 13. 
And then continue every day. Let's, let's, let's just tell it to ourselves. May the God of hope, oh, I love the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with what? With all joy and peace in believing. So that, and I love these because this can tell me, he's going to fill me with all joy and peace in believing as I'm trusting in him. So that, okay, that means something's going to happen. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I love how Paul puts that in there because it's not upon you. It's upon the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, look what it says. You may abound in hope. Not just have a little bit of hope in there. Well, only thing that keeps me going is I got a little bit of hope. No, 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 no. It says the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we can abound in hope so that we can face life. So we can face whatever it is that comes in front of us. So that we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear. There's nothing we need to be afraid of. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right? I can say that. But guess what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You need to continue to tell yourself that. Understand what God has said. Understand where your source of hope comes from. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You were created, I was created for, or with a purpose. The purpose I was created for was so my life could show and glorify God. It could show Him, and it could glorify Him. <clears throat> when I say that, I'm not saying that because I'm the preacher standing up in here. I'm saying that for every child of God. That it's so that you can glorify Him with your life. Is it difficult? Yes, it's hard. Everything in life that's worth something costs something. Just think about that. Nothing comes easy. And you know what? Just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not from God. Because I, I, I hear too many people say this, like, well, this happened and this happened, and they're, they're, they're identifying all the, the good things in their life, and, well, this good thing must come from God. And this, Just because it's good doesn't mean it comes from God because the devil is going to tempt us in crazy ways. Crazy ways. What we have to understand is when we get something or we achieve something, or what, how is that glorifying God? How are we taking that step back and saying, okay, is, this, is my life reflecting what, what I believe and who Jesus is? Because at the end, we're going to give, we're gonna have to give an account. If you don't think that you're going to stand in front, in front of a holy God, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. Don't, don't be in that line where you got a, a bunch of atheists in line trying to, trying to uh, convince God that He doesn't exist. Or the agnostics saying, well, I didn't know. No one sitting here in the sound of my voice can, can say that now. Sorry. You know there is a God. And He wants to have a relationship with you. He has went to this extreme measure of sending His Son and paying the penalty for our sins so that so that we can place our hope in Him and so that we can have a relationship with Him. Final thought and we're done. When it comes to your life now, hope makes all the difference. When it comes, right now, right this very second, hope makes all the difference. Because here's what happens. I say statements like this, hope makes all the difference, and you say, okay, yeah, I know. Okay, I'll work at it. Well, what happens? You're, well, I'll, I'll get to it. 
Well, I'll try, I'll get, I mean, I'm really busy right now. No, no, all, all I'm saying right now is where, to ask yourself, where's your hope right now? And from right now, if your hope is in God, right now your hope is in what Christ has done. Right now your hope is in that He is going to return. Trust Him to change. Trust Him to change whatever it is in your life to conform to His image so he, that He can be glorified by everything that you do. Trust Him. It's hard. I love that, 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 old, that old hymn, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. It speaks volumes. Man, I want to live a life for Christ. Okay, trust that He's going to work inside you. And then when he says don't do something or to do something, you listen and you're obedient to that. When it comes to our life now, your life right now, hope makes all the difference. Without hope, your life will diminish into something God never intended it to be. If you have no hope, I'm going to tell you something right now that's obvious, then you're hopeless. That means you're without hope. God did not design you to live a hopeless life. He designed you to live a life that has a source of hope, so we can hope full, full of hope, and hope is in Him. I love what Ravi, this is the last statement here. I, mean, I already said that once, so i got three more. Um, Ravi Zacharias says this, hope is that indispensable element that makes the present so important. The absence of future hope has an amazing capacity to reach into the present and eat away at the structure of life as termites would a giant foundation. Man, think about that. If we have hope, that's, then our foundation is going to crumble. All my hope is in Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating. Young adults, that's why we come here and that's what we're celebrating together. Is, man, I'm looking forward to that hope. It's not just a bunch of old people in here just thinking that we're coming in here and acting all goofy. No. It's we're coming in here and we're learning more about, hey, He's coming. And when He comes, we need to be ready. Let's pray. Now, before I pray, as we're just kind of sitting here for a moment... Just, just think about it. Answer that question. Remember, we, we, I said, you know, joy and, and, and um, peace and hope, and like, ask yourself, what, what, how do those, how's, how are those line up in my life right now? And if you're like, I don't know what to do, okay, it's okay. You've heard me say it. It's, it's okay to be not okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. It's okay not to know. That's why we come together. We've got a group of elders here that are just dying to have more interaction with you in your lives. They don't have all the answers either. But what they are, are they're, they're, they're men chosen by God to help guide you, to shepherd you. So take advantage of that. And as we, as we are going to pray, and as we are going to end in, in song, as we exit these doors... Don't forget why, we're, why we come together. 
And just trust that God's going to change your life when we submit to Him, saying, God, you are the Lord of my life. And if you're one that is sitting here like, I don't, I don't really know if I believe in Jesus or not. I'm not going to, going to say any special words. All I'm going to say is you just need to just cry out to Jesus. That's another good song. Just cry out to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I don't know. I don't even know what to say, but I want you to be the Lord of my life because I, I stink at it. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for being able to come together. We, we thank you for being able to celebrate this time of year, the birth of your son, and for the reason of him to, to, to live this life that we can't live, but to die a death we should die, but to give us a hope that we don't deserve. But although we don't deserve it, this is what you have given to us. So God, let us receive this gift as we receive gifts in a few days and celebrate the, the birth of your son, as we receive these gifts, let us remember what this Advent season is all about. So Father, if there are those that, that, that are struggling with something, my prayer is that, that, that you give them the strength and the courage to reach out. To, to, to reach out and say, I, I need help. But have them reach out to, to godly men and women to help them. Not reach out and, and, and find misery in other company. God, let us live a life that is joyful, a life that is peaceful, uh, uh, that, that we rest in you. That we abound in hope. This is our prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.